We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Hello again, everyone. It's Mark Stenson, and today we're unlocking your world of creativity to think about how to move beyond likes, beyond requests, downloads, podcast listeners, all the kind of vanity metrics, and move into real customer connections, and even to scale your business up to a thousand raving fans. This is the hallmark of our guest today, these thousand raving fans, and I want to introduce Blake Benz. Thanks for having me today. He is the founder and CEO of Good Advice, LLC. Blake, it's so good to have you. You know, I, I ream on those vanity metrics all the time. So already you're speaking my language because these things are pretty superficial and yet they take so much of our time and energy. Oh, they do. And you know, we as creative people, Blake, I think this is the whole point of this conversation. We as creative people say, I just want people to see my work, recognize my work and give me a gold star of any kind. But to have that relationship is really different, isn't it? Well, it feels like a lot of times um, the validation we're looking for, it's it's a lot more of a longer game than we think it is. And so like, you know, you you make the post or you do the podcast episode, or if you, if you have a YouTube channel, you know, you put up the video and then what we do is we click, we, you know, we click that refresh button and it's like, <laughs> how many now? How about now? Yeah. How about now? And um, I remember when I was first starting my business, I was putting content out and I was doing that, you know, F5 refresh, refresh. And I remember one time I refreshed, I just posted a video, I refreshed and there was a comment on it. I was like, oh my gosh, someone, someone gave me a comment. Like someone's reading and watching this. And the comment was, please delete this. This is, please delete this and save the internet from your bad advice. <laughs> and my business is called Good Advice. And so I was like, I was like, wow, you really, a simple disagree would have sufficed. Right. Have a good day. <laughs> but I remember that was so like crippling to me because I was so, you know, I think a lot of times, I think growing a business and even like thinking about a business is so it's so in your head that what we cling to are the things that are tangible, like those vanity metrics. And so it, it took me a lot of work to actually move beyond that and start thinking of myself as a, as a producer, as a creator, rather than just looking for my dopamine fix of, you know, who liked and commented on this. Yes, exactly. Well, and I love the basis of your business and your consulting, Blake, to scale your business. And a lot of people think when I mean scale, you know, it's like I want to increase my manufacturing uh, capacity and so forth. But you're talking about scaling, you know, your customer relationships, scaling revenues, but even scaling your leadership qualities, your leadership skills. What do you find that your clients, when they come to you at first, say, when I want to scale or grow my business, what, what's in their mind? I mean, everyone, everyone, and you're going to see this in any kind of like ad or marketing that refers to scaling. Uh, everyone, bottom line, is thinking of their revenue. They're thinking of pure profit. They're thinking of, okay, if I'm making, if let's say I just hit $100,000 in fiscal year revenue, I finally hit that six figure mark. People are naturally then thinking of the next big milestone in their life. So whether that's, you know, I want to get to 200,000 or, or people who are even thinking of seven figures, they want to hit that, that special million dollar mark. What I found is that people often, you know, just like we kind of just joked about these vanity metrics, people really get lost in the weeds on 
how superficial some of these numbers are without actually understanding what it's going to take to actually scale. So like, for example, I love that you mentioned the thousand raving fans because it's something that it's an area of passion for me. Someone, maybe they have a certain number of customers. And, and by the way, the, the thousand raving fans, it's, it's actually nothing to do with like the specific number. The concept is finding customers who are long, they're long-term buyers from you. And so they're willing to buy from you again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And what typically happens is people, they know they want more money but they're not willing to elevate their thinking or develop or change who they are as a person to actually make that scale happen. So one of the examples you gave was leadership. So if I'm going to scale my business, I have to go from being an individual contributor to now bringing someone on who can manage some of my responsibilities only because it's a limited day and I can't, I can't do everything in 24 hours if I'm growing. Well, what has to change now is now my perspective on management is going to be tested. Am I actually able to hire and retain talent? Because it's not just about my external thousand raving fans. Now I'm thinking about people who work internally with me and making sure that they actually love the business. And so the complexity that comes with all of this is now it's not just about numbers and sales. It's all these other facets that I have to manage. And I think people, again, we get really excited at the concept of scale. Very few of us, I think, are willing to actually put in the work that comes with all these mm -hmm. added areas of responsibility, for better or worse. Well, it's interesting you said it's not about the number, the thousand, but about the raving. You know, what, what makes a customer rave about a business? It's, it's the individuality you give them, first of all. I mean, think about it anytime. Think about the businesses that you love to buy from. Uh, you probably feel like you're an important customer. You probably feel like you matter specifically. Uh, and this could be, and here's what's really funny about this concept is we, we like to, especially like in the marketing world, we like to make these concepts seem uh, much more sexy than they have to be. And so people, whenever we talk about raving fans, they think about just all these intricate plans to get people to love your business. But think about a time that maybe you've been to a restaurant or you've been to, uh, maybe you're picking up coffee and someone says, hey, what's your name? Because they're like writing it on the cup. You say, oh, it's Mark. And then the person says, I love the name Mark. You know, my dad's name's Mark. You know, even just like that tiny interaction, now you feel individualized to the business and you start to think about, okay, I think I feel a, a sense of connection here. You know, I think I, I want to come back here again because I was noticed, right? And so- I think a lot of times when we think about this concept, it's really not anything complicated. It's just understanding the value of every customer. Now, what, what happens is a lot of times when we're running a business, there's so many mechanics to running a business that we lose sight of that customer. So here's a great example of this. I was talking to a guy who he runs a company that sells and distributes uh, protein powder. And so he has his average customer is going to buy something like maybe $56 worth of product. Well, he has this one customer who, you know, is like a bodybuilder, like does the shows and things like that. And he buys not just the powder for himself, he buys it for all of his friends in the gym. So his typical order is around $300 or $400. Well, what happens is this customer reaches out and says, hey, it's really frustrating. I don't know if you ever bought protein powder, but it, the little um, transparent uh, little scooper. The little scoop, know, yes. It's somewhere in there. I mean, I feel like sometimes I've dealt yes. the whole thing and I'm like, I know it's in here somewhere. We <laughs> said, it's really frustrating to have to find that down in the protein powder. And sometimes I lose it. Would it, would you be willing to send me like a dozen of the scoopers? 
Well, what the business owner does, he comes to me and he says, I'm really frustrated at this customer. I said, why are you frustrated? I'm frustrated because I feel like this customer is trying to take advantage of me and get, get my stuff for free. And so what this person's thinking of, they're thinking in a, in a mentality of like logistics of like, you know, bottom line. Okay. I have to ship these things. What does it cost me? And we get so in the weeds on like sort of like the scaling element of the business that you miss just the, the basic concept, which, which is you have someone who loves your business. How do you reel them in even further? And so I asked the question, well, what does a scooper cost you? And what would it cost you to, to have 12 or even 15 cents to this guy? And he was like, maybe 10 bucks, right? <laughs> if, if even that. And I was like, well, isn't that worth it? for someone who's already spending so much on you. I mean, you have a real opportunity here, but his thinking was wrong. He was thinking this person's trying to take advantage of me. He's trying to get more from me. You know, even things as simple as that, you know, 10 bucks can help develop someone into a raving fan, but you have to have the presence of mind of seeing how do I give value to someone? And a yeah. lot of times we don't think that way. A lot of times we're thinking of how do I get value? How do I get more from you? How do I get a bigger sale from you? Uh, it's the wrong line of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of upsell, you know, 80, 20 rule, you know, how could I leverage this rather than how can I serve that customer? I mean, at this point I'd say, how much would it cost me to put the guy's name on those scoopers? Uh, if he's going to be passing them out, it's like, let's, yeah, I mean, well, uh, let's well, help here, each other. Here's, here's what's really interesting. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to paint people in a negative light, but what I have noticed is I don't know if people are, they're just looking for the shortest answer to the next sale, but I, I love what you said there because because now you're thinking in terms of, okay, what's what's the next thing to really make myself stand out? Because I mean, think about this, you get those scoopers with your name on it, or maybe if you're part of a gym or you're like a bodybuilder, maybe you like have a brand that you put on there for them. Now I'm thinking like, oh, this is really awesome. I, I'm never going to go anywhere else. But what happens is it's like, oh, that's too much work. That's going to take too much time. Or, or I was talking to an insurance agent who she was trying to um, grow her customer base. And I said, here's what you need to do. You need to reach out to your customers when you have nothing to sell them. And she said, well, why would I call them then? And I was like, but, but see, that's the point is that everyone in the insurance industry only calls when it's time to re-up for the next year. Or they only call when it's, you know, hey, I want to upsell you into also life insurance. You know, you need to call and have nothing to sell them other than, hey, I just want to make sure you're happy with our service. Hey, I just want to make sure you're doing okay. What's going on? And, and that, that in and of itself will set you apart. Well, talking to her later, I was like, did you end up doing that? She was like, no, I didn't. I was like, well, why not? <laughs> oh, I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. You did not have time. You just weren't willing to put in the work yeah, yeah. to let your customers know that. Or you didn't see the value. Yeah. Yeah. They would have seen the value. You just didn't see the value because you weren't selling anything. It's kind of like, and I don't mean to be long-winded on this. I had a guy who frankly pestered me to buy from him. I mean, he, he DM'd me a dozen times. He emailed me. He called me. Somehow he got my personal cell phone number and called me there. You know, I didn't answer any of these things. But once he got the personal cell phone, I was like, okay, this guy is really working me hard. But I already knew I didn't want anything from him. I didn't want what he was selling me. And so I messaged him back and I said, hey, I'm actually not interested. Thank you for stalking me though. Here's what I will do though, because you obviously are really interested in talking to me. Here's what I will do. I'm not going to buy from you, but if it would be worth it to you, I'll get on the phone with you. We can talk for about half an hour. I'd love to hear about what you do. And then at the end of our call, I'd love to refer some people to you who might be a good fit. 
he never responded. Mm -hmm. just, just vanished. Never responded. Didn't say anything. I think it's because I said, I'm not going to buy from you. And mm -hmm. so the person instantly, I'm moving on to the next person. But never saw the value of the 10 referrals or whatever that exactly. could come his way. Exactly. So interesting. Well, folks, my guest is Blake Benz. His company is Good Advice, LLC. Blake, you've also described some things here that are internal process, like you have to build them into your business. And so let's turn our attention to building these raving employee fans, the, the team members. I liked a blog that you posted recently, or maybe it was a LinkedIn post, but about why employees leave and what a company and a business owner needs to do to also prop up and build these raving fans on the internal team too. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, it's not any different from customers. I mean, people want to be individualized. They want to matter. Think about a job that you love to. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I worked at a bakery in my town and I so loved it that when I went to college about two or three hours away, whenever I'd come home for the weekend, I would beg to work there again. And I remember telling the owner, hey, I'll work here for free. I just want to work here again. Because I just so loved this place. I mean, they really cared about their customers. It was fun. I felt like I mattered. That's what you want from your, your employees. Like, not necessarily, I mean, I think everyone just perked up at like, oh, I can get more hours. Oh, they could for, get free? Yeah, without paying them. <laughs> that's, that's not the answer. It's, yeah, well, the answer is fresh baked bread smells. <laughs> you know? I say, yeah, I gained like 30 pounds. Like, <laughs> right, I did, okay. I, I worked in my senior year of high school and we were looking at pictures and we looked at like my 10th grade photo and then my 12th grade photo. And my sister was like, all she did was she goes, huh. You know, then I was like, I was like, okay, I know what that means. Because yeah, I, mean, I had yeah. like, one one reason the bakery because <laughs> it really was free bread for us which is really nice and then we never kept bread after two days so we could take home whatever was after that two day mark so i was like bringing home bread all the time but here's here's a couple of things that typically happen in business in the management space and it's it's actually a lot more in depth than i'm probably gonna make it sound but i'm gonna give you two examples and and both are going to be one of them is gonna be relevant to coronavirus that we're going through right now so you have a company that's local that they have grown their revenue probably 20% just in this last year. Uh, and the year before that, they had grown at another 20%, so 40% over two years. They are making more money than they've ever made before. And yet, their employees are making less money than or they, they haven't seen an increase in their, in their salaries in a meaningful way to the point where people now are quitting. And I've actually had a couple of local businesses where they are growing substantially and they've, they've made the right decision. They've developed bonus programs. They've looked for incentives for people. Well, what's happened in this particular company is naturally people are quitting. They're moving on. And that's because whenever we talk about loyalty in a business, we like to make it sound very sexy without actually putting in the work of how do I keep and retain high quality talent. So in this particular business, you have people who they know their worth and they wanna be valued for it, but yet the management are looking for any other way to show that value than simply paying their people more. And so what happens then is, you know, the company's making more money than they know what to do with. And so to thank the employees, actually uh, another example here, uh, this was happening with another company and I was talking to the HR manager and she said, hey, yeah, we want to do something special for our employees. We're thinking about um, some kind of party. Do you have any ideas on what we could do on a budget of $200 or less? <laughs> I was like, so you're making more money than ever, 200 bucks yes. to throw a pizza party, basically. Like, is that, that's how you're going to thank This is people? the big idea. Yeah. And, and I think about, there's an, an awesome company out of the Northeast who uh, they've made an incredible amount of money in the last two years. And the way they ended the year were these 
incredible bonuses, some as high as $50,000 in bonuses that they gave. I mean, employees were crying. They were in tears. They couldn't believe it. Those are employees who are going to be employees for life now because mm-hmm. they've been valued. And so one way you show value is literally monetarily. The other way you show value is you give people, you're in tune to what they want out of your business. Some people want more time off. Some people want flexibility. Some people want to be able to move forward in your business, move up in your business. And if you as a manager are not in tune with those things, they're going to try to find those things elsewhere. So think about uh, a mom who wants flexibility to be at home with their kids. Maybe she wants to be able to leave at two o'clock in the afternoon. If that doesn't flex with your schedule or your response, your expectations of your employees, either she's going to eventually get frustrated and quit, or you're going to get frustrated because in the, in the afternoon, she's disengaged thinking about being home with their kids. Yes. Or another example, I know a company where one of their employees really wanted to move forward into a management position. And after two or three years, he still had not been promoted into that position. Well, if you're that person, you know, you want to step into greater leadership and it doesn't happen. I mean, two years is an eternity in the professional world. Well, what does he do? He eventually quits and he finds a job somewhere else because in his mind, his needs aren't being met. So it doesn't mean that everyone has to be a manager in your business, but it does mean not, not only am I valuing you monetarily, but I value your passion, your direction, what you want out of here. And I'm specifically, I'm, I'm giving attention towards that because actually it's cheaper to keep you than have to find someone else to replace your spot when you quit. Uh, so true. You know, Blake, just in the last few minutes, you've shared so many of these sort of practical, down-to-earth, I mean, very tangible stories. And also, like you were sharing with me, that you created a forum where small business people can actually share some of these ideas. And I, I love this idea of creative exchange, and I just was curious how it was working, both logistically and, and then how is it working for the people sharing? Yeah. So I, I put together a Facebook group. It's called NWA Growth Group, which is my area that I'm in. But we actually have people in the group who have ne- they don't even know what NWA is. They're just excited to be in, in this growth group. And it's literally called a growth group. It's a place for people to swap notes and get share good advice with one another. It's not monetized in any way. No one sells anything there. But really, I was thinking about it'd be great for people to share these things that are really working well. Because a lot of times in the business world, you know, we all have, we've all seen like the ads of like the person who has like the secret sauce, as they say it. And they want you to spend a certain number of money to know what the secret is, to get the email script, to get the, you know, the automation or what have you. And I just wanted to create a space where people could actually have honest conversations. And you mentioned like down to earth and tangible. That's really what I try to make anything I do be because we get so lost, like in the theory of business and the theory of management. I was talking to someone the other day who she was, she was having a lot of her employees quit. And she's like, what's like the latest concept on business with like management? And I was like, it sounds like you're just not a good boss. Like, I, I mean, do we really need to like get into the weeds on like theory or like, can we just, you know, cut to the chase on what it really is? So that's really what I've tried to make that group is just a place where we can be honest, where we can be direct uh, and people can get that advice. And the, the address for that, it's facebook.com slash groups slash NWA growth group. Uh, terrific. Well, I'm glad you brought up NWA. Let's talk about the market that you're in because this world of creativity podcast that I have. So I have a chance to talk to people in Oslo and you know Barbados and points all in between. And when I think about Fayetteville, Bentonville, Arkansas, but this is really a new creative hotbed. 
And I think it's worth highlighting this for people who may not know what's going on in this area of the country. So I, I think of NWA is kind of like this hidden gem. And I, and obviously I'm incredibly biased. Maybe I, I we love... should define the term first. It's Northwest Arkansas <laughs> right. is the I NWA. Because uh, isn't there a hip hop group, rap group, NWA? This is not the same. This is not the same. In fact, on my, <laughs> I think on my LinkedIn profile, it says NWA addict. And someone actually DM me and was like, oh, so you're recovering. What, you know, tell me more. I, I'm not familiar with NWA. And I was like, it's not a drug. It's, I just mean, I love Northwest <laughs> yeah. Arkansas. Um, it really is a hidden gem, though, because actually, if you look at the top 10 best cities to live in the past 10 years, uh, we've been on that top 10 list for the past decade. Literally every year consecutively, we've been on that top 10 uh, list of best cities to live in the United States. Um, in terms of job growth and in terms of salary potential, we've, been, we've, we've just published in a top 10 list uh, this past year. A lot of people don't know much about our area. So here in Northwest Arkansas, it's actually a combination of a few different cities that are all side by side. We have the University of Arkansas, obviously, but we also have Walmart, Tyson, and JB Hunt, who are all Fortune 500 companies. They're all headquartered here. And so you actually have this really incredible hotbed of talent for people who are working in these areas. And, and because there's so much momentum with those companies, you've also seen the area as a whole really grow, change, and develop over the past 10 years. And so we have a, um, a, a startup organization that uh, called the NWA Startup Council that's, that's focused on bringing in uh, startup talent to our Northwest Arkansas area, has a really incredible entrepreneurial um, feel to it. And um, really, especially like, I mean, I've lived here for probably um, 10 years now, especially in the last three or four years, you're just really seeing uh, this momentum play out in terms of um, it's, it's just growing incredibly. It's, 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 it's incredibly, incredibly be part of, uh, but also beyond that, we're known for our bike trails. We're known for, you know, Arkansas is called the natural state. If nothing else, it's a pretty incredible vacation spot uh, that you're guessing to check out. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. Well, listen, I was also thinking about in this area with those Fortune 500 companies, I guess the patrons and the arts, you know, they support. I have read about great museums and new cultural things that are building. Well, for, for, for better or worse, the Walmart Family Foundation cannot spend the money that they have because they have so much of it. So they've invested in our area tremendously. Crystal Bridges is one of the most incredible museums in our country. And they've really grown into the last five years. I mean, it, it's just an incredible area, man. I mean, I can't, I, I'm sounding like a broken record, but obviously I'm addicted to the area, but we also have a really incredible microbrewery scene. We also have a really awesome coffee scene too. We have a, a local place called Onyx Coffee. I'm actually drinking it right now, but they're nationally recognized. They've won all these awards. Uh, you'll find their coffee in coffee shops all across the country. It's special what we're producing here. So naturally, uh, I try to brag as much as I can, maybe out of desperation to get people to come visit. So I love it. Well, we've just had the Chamber of Commerce commercial, so we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it in there. <laughs> no, but I think uh, people are looking for these new areas, whether it be virtual travel. You know, now we have another place to go visit to spark some of that creativity. Well, Blake, I can't thank you enough for the great conversation and all the good insights. Remind us again where we can connect with you and follow your work. Yeah, the best place is going to be LinkedIn. I'm super active on there. It's literally just linkedin.com slash Blake Benz. Uh, I also have my own podcast called the Good Advice Podcast. You can literally find it on any podcast platform. Uh, and then definitely check out that Facebook group. It's just facebook.com slash group slash NWA growth group. 
uh, would love to get some chatty Cathy's in there. So well, let's, let's do it. Well, folks, uh, Blake Benz of Good Advice LLC, he's just giving you the coordinates where to connect. I think what I've liked about Blake is what we talked about before. You know, yes, good business advice, but in a practical, tangible, down to earth, look, this is not about theory. This is about what can you do this afternoon? What can you do in the next month? What can you do in the year 2021 mm -hmm. to scale your business and scale it in many ways? But I love the fact that we're focused on raving fans. Those fans are both customers and their employees. So let's build our teams. Let's build our customer base. And then, as you said, the revenue follows. You, know, you can't say, I want to build my revenue and just start with money. Build these other things first too, right, Blake? I love that. It's great. Thanks yeah. for having me today. Oh, it's been fun. Well, folks, if you're ready to build your thousand raving fans, it's Blake Benz. And he's at goodadvicecoaching.com. Thanks for coming by the podcast. We've been unlocking your world of creativity. And today from Northwest Arkansas, next week, we'll continue our exploration of the world's best ideas for our original thinking, how to organize and shape and get those ideas published and out into the world. And until next time, I'm Mark Stenson for Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We'll talk to you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021.